Okay, guys, it's Video Vampires. This is Mickey with no voice. And Jessica, but you kind of have a voice. I, I don't hear it. I it's feel like raspy to you. Yeah. I, I hear it a little bit, but I, I don't feel think... like I sound like Kathleen Turner. Yeah, Kathleen Turner still has a sexy voice. I know. It's, She's a little this, crazy, but. This is why I feel like I've got a sexy voice right now. Um, before we get into anything, Jess, you said you spent an entire week just watching movies. Oh, yeah, I didn't leave my house all week. Uh, which is fine. Except for twice. I'm totally fine. Yeah, I did, I did go to the movies, but that's the only time I right. left my house. So I watched like a real number of, of films um, just kind of out of nowhere. Uh, I realized that I never saw Irreversible um, from Gaspar Noé. Uh, I've seen almost, I think, every other movie he's done except for this one. What about the one before that? Uh, what's before Irreversible? Uh, it was, uh, what the fuck was it called? Remember in the beginning of Irreversible where it, like, it has two characters, and you're like, who the fuck are these two characters? Uh-huh. That's from this previous Oh, movie, okay, I didn't see that. I, didn't... I can't remember what it's called, though. Um, it's, <laughs> I, I liked it, but obviously we talked about this, that people have a problem with it because there's a, an extended rape scene, mm-hmm. um, which I like the scene because it's realistic. It's very to the point and factual, which is, like, highly uncomfortable. It lasts forever, um, but... Aside from that, I did really like the movie. I love Vincent Cassell. I love Monica Bellucci. Um, I really liked it. I honestly think like it's more of one of his best, yeah. um, besides Enter the Void. Okay. Um, and then I saw um, uh, Takashi Miike has like a ton of movies. He's done over a hundred movies. Yeah, he's, he's just like an animal, and I've seen a lot of them, but not anywhere close to all of them. Um, but I watched. Audition. Um, Is that the first time you ever watched it? Yeah, it was okay. the first time I ever watched it. I I, uh, I tried to download it, actually, but the subtitles were really bad, so I just ended up um, finding it on, like, Amazon Prime and renting it. And mm-hmm. uh, it's incredible, honestly. I, I loved it. Um, it's about, you know, this... Uh, Movie producer, uh, oh, this guy is a widower, you know, it's, his son is grown now, um, he hasn't gone on a date in forever, and then his movie producer friend puts on this fake audition to, like, try to get him to, uh, find out about different females and, and get a date, which is, you know, kind of wrong, but also, It also um, never goes right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, he fixated on this one troubled girl, and then, you know, trouble ensues. But the last 20 minutes of the film are terrifying and disgusting, and I love it. Like, for the first one third, uh, two thirds of the movie, it's like very regular, lots of like one single shots, you know, when they're eating, and then it just goes crazy. And I fucking loved it. I really did. It's disturbing. At one point, I, like, gagged a little bit because I there's one thing I don't fuck with, and it's puke. Like, yeah. And so that I'm going to ruin it for you guys if you don't want to ruin it, but there's a scene where she, you know, is vomiting into, a, a, like, a dog <laughs> to feed this creature that she's abused into being servient. And then she feeds the puke to him, and it's which, fucking disturbing. Which is funny because, like, I can deal with puke. I love puke in movies. I think it's you funny. do. You're I, you I, love, I like, dude, up. the fly. Blah, I crack blah. up so hard. I love it in real life. It makes me like the idea. Just. 
being around it in real life makes me like nauseous. But dude, seeing yeah. it in, in movies, I just there's something about it that makes me laugh. But like in real life, obviously, like I can deal with blood. Like I'm not one of those people that like when I go to the doctors and they try to draw blood, I'm like yeah. I don't flinch. I don't like I I, I don't. But look you away. have a different fear. I do have a different fear. I, I wouldn't say puke is a fear. I just like automatic. Like even when I see it, I'm just like ugh. Right, right. But, but yes, yours is yeah. See, I know. I'm afraid of butterflies and moths. So if they were, if there was ever like a giant butterfly or moth drawing my blood, mm-hmm. I'd probably freak out. Um, but I, I um, yeah, vomit I'm, doesn't do it for me. It doesn't bother. That's funny. Me I'm like surprisingly good with like anything else. Like I've yeah. seen some really grotesque movies, and then like, but I'm like, ew, puke. <laughs> broken bones and 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 yeah, and um, that's the what does it for me in movies where like I can't see a broken bone. I, Irreversible has that in the first. Oh one. yeah, it's that okay. Yeah, it bothers me, but I'm not like. And the movie that I was talking about is I Stand Alone. That was his first movie. And, oh like, okay. And the the two characters, the character in the beginning, yeah. Irreversible is. The character from I Stand Alone, so it was like kind of like him. I I don't want to say wrapping up his sto- that story, but like kind of tying to that story, and then kind of going off the irreversible. Yeah. Um. One of the things I wanted to mention before you before you go on irreversible. One of the things that I always think is fucking crazy is how the opening of that movie when they're going to that club and the music. Yeah. It was recorded. I think it was one of the guys from Daft Punk. I'm not sure. Yeah, actually. <laughs> excuse me. That means uh, that probably because even in Climax's newer film. Right. Um, they use a certain decibel level of that's, that's, that if you, if, you, if you do it at a certain decibel level, it makes you feel uneasy. Uh-huh. So that's what they... That I think he's the master of, of uh, making you feel... Uncomfortable <laughs> through his films. Uh, I irreversible. I ended up really liking because I like really dark. You know, when the film ends, it's like the high point of you oh, know so everything's sad. peaceful and and beautiful. And she and, finds out that she's pregnant. Yeah, like, it's like uh, I, I do. I I actually really liked it. I loved um, it. I'm never gonna see it again. Yeah, in my life. it's uh, you don't really need to. <laughs> no, I will. I will walk out of a room if it's playing because it's it's that it's fucking great. Just can't do it. I watched um, another movie. It was actually, um, I did an article about this photographer, Miron Zaunier. Zau- uh uh-huh. um, And so it, I love these photos. It's like uh, early 80s, like gritty New York City. And there was a marquee for this movie called The Love Butcher. Okay. Um, and I was like really interested in it. I was like, it sounds cool when I looked it up. It's, uh, I think, 1974. Um, and it's fucking great. It's like... It's a great cheesy slasher. Like, it's about this, like, really simple guy. You know, he's, like, got a hunch, and he's, like, gardener, and everyone kind of treats him like shit. Sure. And then uh, he has multiple personalities. And so he kind of exacts this revenge through one of his personalities. He's, like, a good-looking guy and goes and fucks all these guys' wives and then kills them. It's... it's yeah, like it's, you do. It's very entertaining. It's campy. It's cheesy. It's, like, kind of really disturbing. Um, I really liked it. I'm into um, it. It was by this guy, Don Jones and Michael Angel, which I don't think they did anything else, really, after this. Um, but I, I really like it. And then I watched um, Greta. Yeah. Which we talked about this uh, quick before... Um, we started, uh, I really liked it. It's from Neil Jordan, who did Interview with a Vampire. Vampire, Company of Wolves. Yeah, yeah, no, I, um, I Which, like I, yeah, I, I love, Interview with a Vampire was probably one of my favorite films, vampire films for sure. Greta was really good, actually. Um, Chloe Grace Moritz, um, who is, I kind of like her because she always does horror movies. She does a lot of horror movies, or a lot of creepy she, films. She, she's very interesting, she doesn't, she's. 
I, I, she I think it's her go, voice. Well, I don't think... She what, was in Suspiria, the new one. I like the fact that she doesn't go the traditional route. Like, yeah. you know, she's kind of like a... I mean, she's been... She's done a lot of mainstream stuff. She's, she was on 30 Rock for a while. I mean, she's... Yeah. You know, kick-ass and everything. But she's also just like... She's into just... She, I, she seems like one of those people that like wants to do movies because she wants to like act and stuff. Yeah. And so she's... She, like, I like the choices she makes, even if I don't ultimately like the movies. Yeah. I'm like, good for her for picking that. She did that Louis C.K. movie. Yep, she did the, which I still haven't seen and I refuse to see, the remake of uh, Let the Right One In. She did. Yeah. It's, I think I saw it. I'm, I think sure, it's, it's, I'm sure it's fine. It's fine, that's what it is, exactly. Um, but I I honestly didn't hate it, and Audition and Greta have that same type of um, movie basis where like it's someone who's lonely and they're looking for someone, and right. it's not exactly moral, and then they get kidnapped and tortured. Um, <laughs> but I, I did like it. I, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, the box is terrifying. Um, I can't remember the woman's name. I know Isabel Huppert. Yes. She's an amazing actress. She um, she's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way they shoot her too in the movie. She's just like this really creepy presence. She's wonderful. Um, and then I saw um, this movie on Mubi, which everyone should have, and I know I talk about Mubi all the time, but it's a great it's a great streaming service. It's probably my favorite. Um, I saw Funeral Parade of Roses, which is this 1969, like, uh, queer, avant-garde, um, art house type of drama thriller, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> Where's it from again? Where'd I see it? Where's it from? Like the oh, country. Japan. Uh, Japan. That's just fine. It's so interesting. Uh, Toshio Matsumoto. Um, dude, it's fucking incredible. It's like one of those films that like I saw and I like immediately was mad that I had never seen it before and mm-hmm. never heard of this director. I was like, oh, like I felt like influenced, you know, after seeing it. It's fucking incredible. It, and it's funny because I follow a lot of film bogs too and sometimes I take screenshots like I mentioned before yeah. of films I want to see and I had a while ago because I remember I was like, oh my god, it's from this movie. Um, or like trying to find stills from movies that have no captions and right. stuff like that. But it is fucking incredible. Um, it's just like this 1960s... And it uh, actually, I guess, um, um, Kubrick... Uh, used a lot of this film to inspire his version of Clockwork Orange. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it is, and even watching it, you could see how much influence it had over, like, everybody. Wow. Um, I, I really loved it. It's about, like, the late 1960s, like, um, like scene, uh, queer scene in, in Japan and Tokyo. Which is weird um, to me, because you don't always hear about that in Japan. I always feel like, for, for a culture, for a country that's kind of known for having such weird... Um, Personality, For, or, or, or like yeah, fetishes and all that yeah. stuff. Like you never really hear much about queer cinema or queer mm-hmm. films from from that, that uh, especially nineteen sixties. Yeah, um, or at least as far as I as I knew, I was I was kind of surprised. But dude, I fucking loved it. It's in black and white. It's like incredible. Um, it made me want to just watch any movie he's ever done. Um, cool. So yeah, if you guys have a movie, check that out. It's it's beautiful. Um, Sad, um, insane movie. And then uh, I saw two movies in the theater. I saw John Wick 3. Did you see it yet? No. Dude, it fucking kicks ass. It is just... That's all it is. You don't have to convince me that John um, is cool. Chad uh, Stasky? Stas- Stahelski? I think that's his name. 
the guy who directed it, has oh. just done the John Wick movies. Um, I guess he had his, like, a whole kickboxing, like, martial arts background. Oh, really? Yeah, which actually makes sense. Um, in John Wick, it's, like, action from start to finish. Right. Um, it's, like, our version. I feel like the American updated version of, like, um, Bruce Lee films. It's just an unbeatable character. But in the film, even the way the fight scenes are shot, it's so clean. The choreography yeah. is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Like, er- Holly Berry is in it, too. And she has these fucking ninja dogs and they're the whole scene and it's such a long scene and the the one pan shots like just around this one place with the dogs and her and dude it's fucking great honestly this movie kicks ass like i want to see it again i want to end it i was like i need to just see this again i want to watch it again steve sears made me watch that that big action piece from the first movie yeah well you know um, it's really honestly it's it's really really well done yeah even if there's no doubt it's just like Straight entertainment. Yeah. You know? Um, I loved it. I really did. And you then I saw, saw. Brightburn. Um, I, I don't feel anything. Which I, I'm surprised, because that's the one I was like, this is going to be really good. And, like... Uh, I don't... Well, I, I don't know. I think it it's like... You're like, what if Superman was evil? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole basis, but that nothing happens. It's like, what if Superman is evil, and then he is, and uh, he's, like, an evil kid, and then that's it. That's the movie. But that, like... I feel like I saw the entire movie in the trailer. Okay. That, that um, makes sense, too. It was just, like, it didn't do anything. I didn't feel anything. Um, it had, like, ultra gory parts, but I feel like those were in there just to, like... Be what they... Yeah, be there. Yeah, just yeah. to be in the movie. And I was like, that just doesn't even make sense. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I had a better time reading The Cape um, from Joe oh, Hill, which is, yeah, yeah. or, or any of, like, the other type of, um, stories that have, like, an what if, you know. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But, uh, I just don't, I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't really, like, care anything about it, like, yeah, the kid's creepy, and what a little piece of shit, godlike murderer. <laughs> right. That was, but that was it, that was, like, But it, like, it sounds like it falls, I mean, like, because here's the thing is that, like, a lot of people, I know a lot of people who bitch and moan about Superman, and they're like, it's boring, I'm like... It's only boring it if the Superman's only boring. Like the character is only boring if the writer is boring. Yeah, like, but so, it sucks because James Gunn, I'm pretty sure wrote. Right. Well, like, but it's, it's I feel like that you, a lot of people are lazy with Superman. Yeah. And like to make Superman interesting, I mean, he is a, he can be a really interesting character, but it's like, oh, he's got all these things he can do, and it's like, yeah, but like they're like, oh, but he, you know, the only thing he's weakened by is kryptonite. I'm like, that is being that's lazy. That's yeah. So lazy. Superman can be a very interesting and awesome character. Um, surprisingly, I think that, like, you know, outside of comics, the first two Superman movies got it right, you know? Yeah. Like, as far as, like, oh, this is why, this is how you can make Superman an interesting character. I feel like the same thing applies if you reverse the scenario. Like, if you're just, like, if, you're ho- if your whole thing is, like, what if Superman was a bad guy and that's the only thing you're relying on? Yeah. Then you don't got much going for you. Exactly. That's the it's entire lazy. story. Yeah. I don't know. It's a great premise, but you gotta execute it with... You have to be creative about how you execute it to make it interesting. Yeah, and I felt like it... I was like, I wouldn't have been mad if I watched it on Netflix if it was, like, VOD or something, and instead I spent $20 on it. So I don't go to the movies as much anymore. (laughs) Um, Um, But I... I don't know. I just felt like it was just kind of... I could have kept it on in the background and, like, done chores in my house or something. Right. I didn't hate it, but I just was like, meh, it's kind of boring. To be honest, but that's I watched a whole bunch of shit. Did you watch anything? Yes, I did. I um, I have this thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to um, 
you know, go on the diet for this wedding. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I made a list of movies that like. I'm diet gonna, movies? No, I'm going to have movies that like, I love popcorn. I'm never mm-hmm. going to give up popcorn, but maybe I should like, you know, dial it back a little bit, you know? So I made a list of movies that like, okay, this is where I'll break that like, that, you know, popcorn uh-huh. restriction. And one of the, and so I had got, you know, with my tax return, I got a lot of movies and everything. I got some stuff for Kate, but then I got, like, myself, like, a few movies, and a few of them came in already, and some of them are, are on their way. And one of the movies I got was this Hammer film called The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Yeah. It is a Hammer film where they make, they, they teamed up with the Shaw Brothers uh, films, which were, like, the Chinese kung fu movies. So it's this, like, kung fu Dracula film. Yeah. And it is awesome. Like, Peter Cushing's in it. Really? Yeah, Christopher Lee, at this point, he's not doing Dracula anymore. It's the last of the Hammer Dracula films. Yeah. So, like, they just go out with this weird bang where it's, like, Peter Cushing is playing Van Helsing again, and he's gotta, like, he gets recruited to go to this, like, weird temp, uh, weird village in China that's being plagued by these seven ridiculous-looking vampires. Really? I mean, the <laughs> dumbest-looking, like, they just, they look so bad. But, um, and Dracula has po- uh, possessed, like, this one monk. So, like, I don't know. But the, it's fucking wow. crazy. There's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of crazy kung fu. Um, there's a lot of crazy like fight scenes. Peter Cushing is not much of an act. He's not an action hero, so he just kind of takes a back seat watching a lot of these things happen. Dude, um, it kind of just ends abruptly, which is okay with me. Um, it was. I've been having a hard time watching movies lately, just because I get so exhausted that like I think I put on another movie that was on my list uh, a week and a half ago. This movie called another Hammer film called The Quatermass Experiment, which was based off of these BBC serials. And I put the movie on and started, and my cat Miles jumped on my lap and like lied down. And the next thing you know, I opened my eyes and it was on the DVD menu screen. I was like, <laughs> oh my! I was so ex- I've been so exhausted, so I haven't been been watching it. I, you know, I really it's been really tough to sit down and watch stuff. So, but I did watch that 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 Hammer film and um, whatever. I mean, I, the list is, is is I mean a lot half yeah. of this is stuff I've already seen. But it's like, you know, I love the idea of, like, having, like, a night. Not where I'm, like, putting on something and, like, working on something else or drawing or, or writing or anything like that. But I have a movie on. The lights are out. I've got popcorn out. So, like, I have the first name Realm Street on there because, like, I love making, like, a night out of that. Or, like, yeah. or House Party, which I think is one of the greatest comedies. Oh, yeah. I, I Dude, that was, like, our yeah. childhood. Like, I thought that, That's, like, yeah. parties... We're gonna be like this. <laughs> yeah, I, well, actually, you know, it's funny because I, I didn't. I thought a lot of parties in the '80s movies were what what parties gonna be like, but the, yeah. the house parties one of the ones where I was like, this one actually feels a little bit more like yeah. parties I did go to, where like not everything that happens before or after the party, but like the actual party, people are dancing, people are drinking, mm-hmm. somebody fucks up the toilet, you know, like that always. Yeah. That I was like, oh yeah, that's very. Uh, I'm also a big fan of movies that take you know take place in one night that like you know uh, like. Like House Party or yeah. After Hours by Scorsese, like I love those. Like all happens in one night movies and all this crazy shit. So mm-hmm. um, that was the only movie I think I can. I mean, honestly, I can't really remember watching anything else. I watched Game of Thrones with you. Yeah, and I feel like that was like was that last week? No, it was, yeah, wasn't it? It was. Not sad. I feel sad. I'm sad it's over. I'm just mostly sad that I'm never going to have it again. That's why I'm confused, because I'm usually, like, I'll watch it with you when we record an episode. We yeah, but we didn't record, yeah. Week. I just came over to watch it, and it was, I'm not even going to get into it. I, you know, go on the internet. I think our general wanna... consensus is we liked it, but if you want to argue it. with us. I liked it. I was, you know, I, I get what people are upset about. I don't get what people, some of the people are upset about. It, you know, at the end of the day, 
You can, I kind of like how large it is that, like, half the world has just kind of, like, been talking about it. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, cool, you know. Um, I'm more excited for Deadwood, which I think is actually tonight. What, oh, it's the, tonight? Yeah, but... Uh, I thought it was the 31st. I want to watch it with people who have, like, who are, you know, have kind of, who are no, like, like have actually completed the se- the show or, like, have watched, completed recently, so, like, yeah. they'll know, you know, so it's like... I still haven't watched the third season yet. And it's, like, it's, it's amazing, but... Um, and then, you know, yesterday I went, Solomon, who we had on our podcast on the Vamp mm-hmm. episode, every year he takes me and another friend of ours to uh, DragCon. So jealous. And it's great. I want to go. I have so much fun there. Yeah. And this time Solomon was like, you know, whoa, we're going to go to this drag show afterwards. I was like, okay, so we go to this drag, which I had never been to, a, like, a, into that scale. Where yeah. Where it's like, it's in a theater, you know, you've got, like, um... People like it's like a big production and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Yeah, I um, it was great. You know, um, so, a lot of fun. I I you know the, the, I went to the Divine booth again at the DragCon because it's mm-hmm. just really cool. Not just the merchandise, but just seeing all like the 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 stuff they have. You know, like posters that they have that like they're not going to sell because these are like vintage posters that are yeah, like, that's part amazing. Of the Divine like a display, yeah, yeah. But it's really cool. Um, I, I'm I'm really into that and like. You know, it's just, DragCon's really cool. It doesn't matter, like, you know, if you're straight, gay, whatever, you know. Yeah, like, you could still have everybody, fun. It's, like, a very inclusive vibe. Yeah. Everybody there is really cool. And the same thing with the drag show. It's, like, every, you know, it's so much fun. It's, like, it's a, I walked away from that show last night. Like, I just remember saying to my friend's girlfriend, I was, like, God, I, just, I have such a positive feeling right now. Like, yeah. It's so, it was so, it's so nice and refreshing and, like, um. You know, because there's just so much, there's so many things where you that you go to where like I get annoyed. Really, going to a movie, I get annoyed at people, but like a drag con or anything like that, it's like everybody's just really cool and like, super yeah. polite to each other. You know, like everyone wants to just have a good time. Exactly, and that and I think that's really cool. So everybody's kind of has this like, you know, regardless of who you are, what you're into, everybody's like single goal is to have a good time, not and not be competitive about it. Like, you know, I go to movies where like somebody will like. You know, a certain scene will happen, and somebody will like chime in with like a, a titter or a laugh because they want everybody to know that they got it. They got it, yeah. and it's like, yeah, we all got yeah. it, buddy, you know. But like, but with DragCon, it's just like everybody's just super. They just want to have a good time. Yeah, and I really like that, and so, um, I will. Uh, I guess I'll segue into uh, to to our our topic, which was um, so a few weeks ago, Steve and I were hanging out, and his his wife told me about. This book that came out, and I actually wrote it down. Yeah. And it's called Best Movie Year Ever, How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen. And it's by Brian Rafferty. Rafferty. I'm telling you, the 90s. (laughs) I love the 90s. I think if I had to pick, you're an 80s guy. Absolutely. I I feel like I'm like 70s and 90s. Okay. Okay. Which I feel like are very, I think 70s. They are very different. No, 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 no. Actually, uh, I think, parallel? I, I, I was you gonna think say, they're parallel. Yeah, I think they're parallel. I think there's like that, I think we talked about this before, where I feel like every decade kind of calls back to oh, yeah. a generation before that. So like in the 80s, it was calling back to maybe, like I, I guess like the, the 50s or the 60s, you know, like yeah. the, the bad guys in the 80s were like, yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. The motorcycle, ja- you know, the, the, the jackets, the leather jackets, <laughs> the slicked back hair. I mean, they looked like... Yeah, they were like cool kids versus nerds. They were like, juvenile yeah. delinquents, you know? Yeah, yeah. And in the 70s, I feel like they called back to... There was, like, there's this whole idea of, like, going back to, like, the 40s and maybe even the early 50s of, like, those, like, kind of, like, those epic type of films, you yes. know? Like, and then... Um, 
but yeah, and then the '90s I think calls back to the '70s, you mm-hmm. know, and then I, especially with like when you get to like the film like 1999, yeah, and you get like Paul. I mean, Boogie Nights, which is probably one of one of the best movies of the '90s, yeah, without a doubt, is very much a Robert Altman film from the '70s, but in the mm-hmm. porn industry, you know, and same thing with Magnolia, yeah. But this book comes out, and it just gets me so fired up because I'm like. I haven't read it. I'm, I'm putting that out right now. I haven't read it. I'm sure it's probably fucking rad. And the funny thing is, when I thought about 1999 as a year, movies, yeah. I was like, oh shit, Election, Fight Club, yeah. Magnolia. There are some great fucking movies that came out in 1999. Yeah. Um, there's also some overrated ones like American Beauty. but That's to you. I really like American Beauty, so I, I mean, I like Alan Ball, even though uh, a lot of people feel a certain way towards him. But I love Six Feet Under. I think that's what... Sure, um, I'll give. I'll give has always under. made me love him, but I won't give you True Blood. I feel like the first part, the first part of True Blood was good. I feel like the marketing of True Blood was amazing, but I felt like the, the actual show did not live up to the sweet market. Because that was one of the first times they did marketing where like it was kind of like in world marketing. Yeah, like I'd walk by Seven Eleven and there'd be like a, a poster for like. You know what? That first season in True Blood is so good. It's like super sexy and like okay, like uh, it was like an adult vampire show. It was. Yeah, I, it, I loved it. Okay, the first season is good. Um, but this this guy writes this movie. I, I writes this book. I get really fired up because I do have a yeah. I have a knee jerk reaction to like nineties. And I was trying to explain to you that like I feel like low budget in the eighties. Is very different to low budget in the nineties. Yeah, low budget in the nineties has a a. I think that we're we're converting for we're going from practical effects to digital effects, and but we haven't gotten digital effects right yet. So that everything's it it really it really feels off like somebody's. But for you, yeah, I see it as like a time capsule. Okay, okay, you know what I mean. You see it as like oh, this is a mess. Yeah, yeah, like Event Horizon. We were talking about that, and I was just like, what a what a um. What a hot mess that the special effects are. A lot of them. Um, I, I have a feeling. I feel like that a lot of '90s horror films, since that's what we're going to talk about, um, they have uh, they have a made-for-TV look to them, and, mm-hmm. and not like a cool like '70s or '80s made-for-TV, but like a really shitty like '90s made-for-TV movie feel. And I think a lot of it has to do with the direct-to-video market, which started in the '80s, but really becomes a thing where in the 90s they're just dumping out shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, and it's never getting theatrical release. It's almost like these are afterthoughts. You yeah. Know? Like, and I think one of the biggest, uh, pro- the biggest, uh, why, why, why am I drawing a blank on the word? The the, the, the people who did this the most were, yeah. were um, Dimension Films, the, the subdivision. Yes. Impact, where they would like, they would acquire properties like Hellraiser or, um, they had another one. It wasn't just Hellraiser, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, they would acquire properties and then just like just crank out these sequels just to make oh yeah that were yeah really just they're bad, bad. Yeah. really bad and like and I was saying to you too that like even like the trailers in the nineties like the prophecy great movie yeah um and I've gotten shit because well, I can't remember what movie we were talking about where I said I was trying to remember oh we were talking about the prophecy and I was trying to remember the cast and people were like uh, Amanda Plummer's in that too I was like god damn you're right Jesus uh-huh. or or when I was talking about Viggo Mortensen like how many horror movies does he do. I forgot to mention the prophecy. You know why I probably forgot to mention the prophecy is because it's a great movie, but there's like watching a trailer for it. Like, which I watch old trailers, and be like, oh, maybe I want to see this movie again. That trailer is garbage. Is that I haven't? I don't remember the trailer. I kind of want to watch it, but it's it like, was one of those movies that I just kind of like. It, I mean, the trailer for like a lot of these trailers just feel like they're like they're they just they're they feel like they're fucking like made for TV. You know, they're just a hot garbage. 
um, there's some great 90s horror films. And we've yes. watched some of them, and we've talked about a lot of them. Um, so it's, it's unfair for me to bitch and moan about 90s horror. It's just that when, I guess what I'm saying is when, when 80s horror was bad to me, it, there's still some appeal to it. When 90s horror is bad, I'm just like, I can't look past certain garbage. I think the 90s had some of the best horror movies ever made. Yeah. Um, they did. They did. <laughs> we never actually covered them. Like, I love, I think Cemetery Man or Del Morte Del Moore. Yeah. One of the greatest horror films any decade. Candyman. Candyman. Yes, we did. We did. We did. Uh, another great, like, amazing 80, uh, 90s horror film. Yes. But, uh, you know, and then I think back to, like, Prophecy 2. Yeah, but that goes to your sequel things. And we've talked about sequels on uh, okay. the show because some of them are not... Okay, um, I'll, I'll see you that and I'll raise you Event Horizon. And then we've got Event Horizon, which I still think is like, no matter how many times we watch it, I'll just be like, this movie sucks. People Under the Stairs, we also uh, did. Yeah, but early, yes, but early early 90s to me still feels like late 80s. But that's, that's doesn't matter, it's the 90s, bro. Okay. It's I the love fucking 90s. I love People Under the Stairs. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot, but that's what I'm saying. I think... Um, I think sometimes the 90s are overlooked. To, to, to articulate my... And I'm, I'm going to tell our audience to do this. Um, in, um, to articulate how I feel about the, the like when 90s horror movies are bad, I want people to go and wa- re-watch Wes Craven's Nightmare, which 99% of that movie is one of the greatest horror movies ever. <laughs> but there's this scene where, <laughs> where at the end of the movie, it's when, Fred, when the, the weird Freddy monster gets killed. Okay? Uh-huh. And... They trap him in this fire thing, like this, like this like boiler thing, and he's like, it, it, like he's been being burnt, and he, he turns into this weird monster, um, toward at, like this weird c- shitty CGI monster, and then his eyes bug out, and that to me is emblematic of what I feel about <laughs> when nineties horror movies go bad. It's that moment. I love Wes Craven's Nightmare, so I'm not telling you guys that it's a shitty nineties movie. I'm saying that one. There's one tiny ten second part that I go. This represents all the, the reasons why I hate... When I do not like a 90s horror film, it's because of that moment. And we'll watch Dude, it after but the I podcast do. so you can see it. I love it. I think um, um, me and uh, Matt, who's been on the podcast, mm-hmm. went to go see um, Johnny Mnemonic at the Acropolis, which is another one. But <coughs> I loved it. And I'm surprised even Matt liked it, which is weird because he hates everything. I love it. But, um, yeah, but it has these like really absurd computery effects. But that's what it is because that's what it was like back in the 90s. I have no problem with the 90s when they go, when, when, when you like when you get like hackers and they're like, yeah. this is how you hack the internet. And it's like, no, it's not. Yeah, it's like I a PowerPoint it. presentation of like. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I, horror movies are not the same. I mean, horror, like, I don't include like sci-fi movies in my same like dislike for the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, because uh, I love hackers, I like Giant Demonic. I mean, it's it's not it doesn't live up to the coolness of the short story, but but yeah, it still it's has still... that like shitty. I mean, even Brain Scan, which we did do, yes, where it's like this isn't how video games worked. Yeah, I still love that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so I give like sci-fi movies like a pass. Like I love Dark City. Yeah, Dark City. Uh, that's uh, yeah. It's... It's, it's sci-fi, yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah. Dark City is a great movie. I love that, though, because when you can see when the, uh, yeah. out of the head. <laughs> yeah, okay, I agree. And that's another thing. I remember in the 90s watching and being like, God damn it. Like, being so disappointed by that, like, the weird, I kinda, weird sound wave. Yeah. Thing, you know? But <laughs> I let it go. But um, anyway, so I'm, ta- I'm thinking about this book that this guy put out. And I'm yeah. like, fuck the 90s. And then I started flipping through that book that I told you about, Ad Nauseam. Yes. Which uh, I'll remind people is a... Uh, Michael Gingold, who wrote for Fangoria, writes for Rumored Magazine. He, when he was a kid, he used to collect newspaper clippings of movies that were like, like, you know, like those, you know, it would be a, the movie ad and it would have like the show time yeah. or the, the theaters it was playing. 
And so they released a book of all those collections of his. And so I'm flipping through it, and I start going through 1986. And one, and you pointed this out to me, and I didn't even think about it. Um, we've covered a lot. A lot. And also, 1986 is one of, if, I think if you were ever going to pick a year that was the best year for horror, it's got to be 1986. Because um, I'm going to list through some of them, some of which we have done, and we, some of which we haven't. Um, first, we got uh, April Fool's Day, which we did on your birthday. Yes. That is a great... I don't care what anybody says. Anybody bitches about the ending? <laughs> I like that this is all based on your opinion, though. You're uh, like, but I'm right. Oh, this one. This one's great, and fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no. So this, bear in mind that most of this is going to be me getting to like basically reaffirm how yeah, awesome but, oh, the movie did. Oh, this one's good. April yeah. Fool's Day, 1986. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. It's fucking rad. It's yeah. awesome. Um, so that was a good, you know, Critters, which we haven't done. No. But I think Critters is one of the... Um, it was written during... The, the when they were filming Gremlins, so it wasn't like they were knocking off Gremlins. It got un, it gets unfairly yeah. maligned as like a Gremlins ripoff. It's not if you haven't seen Critters One or Critters Two, but specifically Critters One, you're missing out on a really fun, you know, weird horror film that like you know just like is kind of like this like rural backwoods like you know rural town mm-hmm. that gets invaded by you know monsters from space. It's fucking rad. Um, <laughs> Trick or Treat, which we did do. We did that on Halloween episode. Yeah. I, I've got, I could go on and on it's, about how much Yeah, I love. still one of the funnest. I know, it's one of your favorites. It's, it's great. It is one of the funnest it is a, uh, it is, Halloween films ever. Yeah, it, absolutely. Um, Neon Maniacs, which we've never done, and um, I, you, I recommend people watch it. It is a weird, bizarre, weird, like, kind of slasher film. It takes place in the Bay Area, but um, it's weird. It's weird, but there's, like, there is a shitty... Da- like high- and I love movies. I specifically eighties movies that did this, but like the high school dance moments. Yeah. Where, like the uh, like the high school band would play, and they'd have this shitty like whatever like genre of music was like catching on at the time. Of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Like they have a song to go with that, and it is so Neon Maniacs is one of my favorites. Um, it's great. Um, Nomads, which I talked about. Um, oh yeah. Here's Brosnan doing a weird French accent. <laughs> um, and it's a weird movie, but the guy who directed it goes on to direct Predator. Yeah. And goes on to go to jail, mm-hmm. like in the early 2000s, I think, early to mid, John McTiernan gets busted because he uh, hired somebody, a private investigator, to spy on weird Wait, shit. Wait, really? Yeah. He had to do it. But the guy did Predator. Uh, I, I but still. <laughs> he, so. he did Predator. And yeah, well, uh, he, what's his face? I'll do any haul, but, you know. <laughs> completely not comparable. But, yes, I, I mean, uh, you break the law in a few different ways. But um, What do you do? Uh, he... He, like, hired some private investigator to, like, bug or, co- or tape conversations because he was... But with pro- who? Uh, somebody who was producing the Rollerball remake. Oh. That was garbage. The Rollerball. It was, ball, like, a business. Yeah. And yeah. he, like, he... Because he didn't trust the... You know, first off, if you haven't That's seen the weird. original Rollerball so with James Conn, yeah. one of the best movies of the 70s. Yeah. The remake in the, in the late 90s oh, yeah. and 2000s, pretty garbage. Wasn't LL in that? LL. Um, the dude who was in... He was also in Election, but he was also... Uh, what the fuck is his name? Nobody cares about him anymore. Uh, oh, Chris. Are you talking about, um, fuck, I can't remember. You were going to say Chris Evans. No, not Chris Evans. I can see him. Yes. I just, I think he's a Chris. He, God damn it. The guy who was in American Pie. I know. I can't remember. Chris, Chris Klein. Chris Klein. Right? Sure. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Schwarzenegger, see, you know, he's, he's, he's going to do Predator. He needs yeah. to be the director. He sees Nomads and goes, I want this guy. When you watch Nomads, you're like, what the fuck was Schwarzenegger doing? Yeah. At the time when he was like, this is the guy, but it, Nomads is great. Um, Hills of Eyes 2, which, you know, people don't like, but there's got some... Look, 
not many movies have a point of view flashback from a dog. But I like that still. You're like, not many people like it, but I do. So it's included in one of the best of 1986. I'm just saying, if, 19, if you're a horror fan, not, I'm just giving you <laughs> a rundown of 19, how great 1986 is. Uh, Vamp, which we did with Song, yes. who I talked about you know, previously. That's a great one. Uh, Deadly Friend, which is a Wes Craven film. Look, I don't I, think I've ever seen it. I apologize for a lot of Wes Cravens except for Cursed and Scream 4. Yeah. And Scream 3. I can't forgive those. But um, Deadly Friend is very stupid. But <laughs> I, it's uh, the boy from one of the kids from Little House on the Prairie. He's a boy genius. He um, he fucking he he builds his robot and he moves to this new town. He's gonna go to college, but he's like sixteen. Yeah. He ends up falling in love with his next door neighbor, who's played by Buffy, right? Chrissy Swanson. Are we you know? Oh, that Buffy. That Buffy. Yeah. Um, the right wing Buffy. Yeah, yeah, the unfortunate Buffy. <laughs> she gets uh, she gets killed by her abusive stepfather, so he plants the the robot's chip into her head ah. so to bring her. It's kind of like a Bride of Frankenstein, like but for teenagers. And of course, she goes after all the people that were really mean. Yeah, uh, she kills somebody with a basketball. It's really cool. She kills Mama Fratelli from the Goonies with a basketball, and it is unbelievable. Yeah, um, but I cry at the ending every time. Uh-huh. And it is stupid. Like, when you watch that movie, you're like, how could anybody feel for this movie? And I'm, like, straight on, like, crying. Cause of I, course, because you... Because yeah, I'm, I'm a softie. Uh, um, <laughs> Demons. Which, yes, which we did. Yep, Demons is a good one. I'm saying, we did a lot in 1986. Terrorvision. Chop. Yeah, we did. I, uh, and, uh, Terrorvision, well, I'm going to end yeah. this by saying that we... We're going to do... The movie we watched was from 1986. This will probably be the last 1986 movie. I know, because, yeah, I mean, we did a lot. I'm surprised we haven't done The Fly, honestly, but The I Fly and what Aliens. That. Yeah, yeah, double. Um, uh, Chopping Mall, which has one of the actresses that we just watched in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday 13, Part 6, which oh, yeah. is one of considered one of the best, if not the best, um, Friday 13th movies. The Hitcher. Yeah. What a fucking flick. Uh, Poltergeist 2, which no, I, we did. I didn't pick, but we did. Yeah. We, we both picked because we were like, oh, maybe it'll still hold up. Uh, we wanted to, yeah. It doesn't? It doesn't, but that guy still is scary. Even Maximum though he's Overdrive. Dying. Yes, the worst. I, I do love it, but it's so it's great. stupid. It's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. It's not. It's so bad, guys. Describe this movie to somebody that's never heard of anything about movies, and you're like, this is a movie with Emilio mm-hmm. Estevez. Where cars come to life and attack people. And by the way, the entire soundtrack is ACDC. That <laughs> is a recipe for awesomeness. And I think it delivers. Uh, Night of the Creeps, which I love. Yeah. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which, which we, we did. did. Yeah. Um, Toxic Avenger. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, 1986, if you're, like I said, if you're a horror fan, um, especially if you're a horror fan in the 80s, um, 1986 is one of the best years because it's just, you know, even the bad 1986 horror films, with the mm-hmm. exception of Poltergeist 2, um, are still charming in their own way. Yeah. Beyond Maniacs, I can I can honestly say it's not a great horror film, but it is a there's a charm to it that is undeniable. Uh, Poltergeist 2 does not have that charm. Yeah. Um, so, we did... So, with that... 1986, we did uh, Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. Yeah. Um, which was his follow-up to 1985's Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Jess, I will let you... Actually, I want to hear you explain the plot, because I, I have a hard time... Well, how do you... It, it's, uh, it is, uh, obviously, they... It's Lovecraftian. Um, they yeah. mention it directly. Um, well, yeah, science... Okay, so 
there's scientists who are studying the penile gland, which for if you guys who haven't listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, um, it is uh, the gland inside you know your brain that um, I guess controls your sleep. So it controls the dop- uh, melatonin delivery to your brain, so you can fall asleep. It also controls like some serotonin. I don't know, uh, but anyway, it is. So there's always been a lot of studies on it, and I really like this because um, so they're doing experiments to try to yeah they're 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 trying to um, stimulate it. Yeah, and and a lot I like movies like this, and especially um, like Edgar Allan Poe. It's like weird parallel universe that um, they've believed exists. Right. Um, so they're trying to tap into this so they can have access to all this feeling and sense yeah. um, that is supposedly all around us at all times. Right. The and so is, obviously it drives them mad. Yeah. The idea is that that uh, if you if you tamper with this part of the human brain. You are going to, to unleash. You are going to expose oblivion. This yeah. Other you, this, these other things that are constantly around us, but in another dimension. Yeah. And it's going to be really dangerous. Um, uh, I don't think anybody listens to the Joe Rogan show or Joe Rogan has ever watched From Beyond because if they did, they'd know that it's really stupid trying <laughs> to figure out the pineal gland. Um, so, we know what lies beneath. Right. So you know, just like Reanimator, this is a Lovecraft adaptation, yes. of a short story. I I have to say I like. Stuart Gordon's adaptations of Lovecraft better than I actually like the Lovecraft stories because, um, you know... That's interesting. Uh, Reanimator is kind of boring. The the story. Yeah. The movie is this fun, black comedy, crazy, you know, um, kind of kinky. I mean... Yeah, you... We'll yeah. ramp up the kinkiness <laughs> in front, from beyond, but, but it, it's, it's weird. It's got this weird element to it, it's, but it's very, you know, black comedy. Um, from beyond kind of... Goes with goes kind of t- ties instead of just the pineal gland, um, you know the, the dopamine and melatonin. Into, yeah, it's also like it enhances, it gives you a sexual stimulation as well, which is something that is very lacking in all of Lovecraft stuff. The guy just was not a sexy yeah. Dude. He was like a weird yeah. He didn't racist. Want, he didn't, weird <laughs> racist dude who didn't like sex. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whereas like any, so anybody it's like, like what I like about From Beyond, and I will argue that even I love probably this is I I'm saying this right now. Um, this is probably because I've seen Reanimator way more and and a lot more that I feel like I like I prefer From Beyond because yeah. when it gets weird it just gets really fucking weird. So um, Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator plays a and the Frighteners and the Frighteners, which is a great '90s horror film. Yes, yeah. Um, he plays a scientist. He kind of plays almost like a Herbert West character, but the like instead of being like a really shut off and and kind of cold and. Uh, begrudgingly likable character yeah. in Reanimator. He's very likable in this. He's like, you know, he's he's actually a, a more... Uh, Moral. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, a, he's a, yeah. He's, you know, he, he's helping this one scientist with this, this thing called the resonator so they can do the whole pineal gland thing. They, of course, the experiment goes, you know, very successful, but to the point where it, it kills or it deforms his, his mentor. Dr. And, Pretorius. Uh, Dr. Pretorius, who is also into weird, kinky shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really do like that. I do like part. that too, and and so then um, he gets he you know he gets accused of killing him. Barbara Crampton plays this psychiatrist. Barbara Crampton from Reanimator. Yeah. Um, she plays the scientist who or this uh, psychologist who's like radical therapy is like trying to have paranoid schizophrenics deal with their you know their They're, issues. They're supposed yeah. to be locked up, and so that she tries this radical experiment with you know Jeffrey Combs. They are. Aided by a, a cop who's played by Ken Fury, who uh, Dawn of the Dead, yeah, um, Leatherface, a lot of Rob Zombie stuff. Um, one, just like he always plays like a cool guy. One of my favorite characters, a he gets, cool tough guy. He plays the cool tough guy 
who knows how to do shit. He knows how to cook. He knows how to... Uh, and I realize that in Dawn of the Dead, there's a scene where he, like, makes them dinner, and he, like, presents it to them, and he's like, you know, and they're like, it's like this lovely meal. And then he mm-hmm. goes off and drinks wine by himself in the mall because... Or whiskey because his, yeah. his best friend's dead. Um, but he also knows how to perform abortions, just in case they want to. <laughs> um, where you're like, dude, you know, like, this guy's a jack-of-all-trades in every movie he's in. Leatherface, he's a yeah. fucking survivalist with an arsenal in his, his, his trunk. Um, he plays a cop. They try to recreate the experiment. Uh, brings the monster, Dr. Pretorius, back, who's even kinkier now, and it also stimulates... <laughs> even kinkier? It, it stimulates all of them. Like, I mean, like I mean, at one point, they're like, you know, uh, Ken Free's like, what about that hard-on I had last night? And you're like, man, this movie's just all about sex. It is. Well, I do like that part, too, because obviously there's a part um, in the movie where Jeffrey Combs' character is like, you can't make love, but it's like, yeah. it, it had that uh, tinge to it about, like, the the uh, sexual sadism and, yeah. and masochism um, of, like, reaching the point of pleasure from beyond. It's really fucking funny and in Bar- it, though. Yeah, Barbara <laughs> like, Crampton, she, like, you know, she when they turn on the resonator, she goes from being this, like, demure, like, yeah, you know, professional, to a chick from a Scorpions music video. Yeah. And I kind of love it. Because uh, she gets really turned on. Oh, and it's like to the point where it's almost like, you know, as Ken Free says in the movie, like like a heroin addict to, you know, like junkie looking. Yeah, he's like, I see what I see. Yeah. Um, junkie. Yeah, and it, it, it's uh, pretty wild. Um, and it, it goes, I like it. I do too. It's it very, is gross. It's very icky. It is icky. It's Lots not, of fluid. Yeah, it's not as, it's like, it's weird because it's like reanimator's gory. You got a lot of severed limbs. A lot of whatever, but in this one, it's the gore is more squishy. Yeah, it is. It's very like wet and like right, and like a lot of like you know a lot of you can tell there was a lot of KY jelly used in yeah. making you know all these effects. <laughs> yeah. um, it's also, but it, what I like about From Beyond is it also have retains the same sense of humor as um, Reanimator. Yeah, like you got um, the house number six six six. Yeah, uh, a dog eating a severed head or a severed head stump. You know, or uh-huh. a stump. Um, Jeffrey Combs delivering this line, you know. Lots of tentacles. Very sort of, um, reminded me a lot of, like, Japanese yeah. cinema with the tentacle. Oh, obviously, so did, uh, when you get into that whole folklore thing, uh, you get a lot of tentacles. Yeah, and, like, um, <laughs> I think it's because, like, most things with, like, because, like, with Lovecraft, it's like, you know, what was the, what's the one species that, at probably the time Lovecraft is, is writing this stuff, that we don't really quite understand is octopuses and like something yeah like, where it's like i mean octopuses are like they have like the tentacles but they can like slick they can get into tight spaces yeah they're incredibly intelligent there's all these things that we're still discovering about tentacle things because they're they're of where they live mm-hmm. we don't get to study them as frequently as we would something on land so i think that there's still that tinge of mystery so yeah of course if we can't understand something it's got to have tentacles yeah yeah um, absolutely but like i mean jeffrey combs delivering the line like where he's talking about like how it ate dr pretorius like a gingerbread man. Like, it's like you can't write that line. I know. I and know. not expect even it to be uh, funny. what's his name? Um, that line where he was like, "I played football. We <laughs> were, were all crazy." crazy. Yeah. And then that was it. That was yep. what? <laughs> um, or when, when you know they, they do the experiment the first time, and Jeffrey Combs is like, you know, he shuts up the, the second time when they do it together, and he shuts it up. He's like, "That will be quite enough of that." Um, I also love Benevolent Street. That's yeah. where apparently everything's taking I know. place on. Uh, and then come and get me, eunuch, which is one of the greatest yes. uh, threats I've ever heard from a dude who's got no hair, no eyebrows, and a weird uh, t- thing. T- yeah, a weird tip, hole. Yeah. A little tip out um, of his brain. You, have, you're, you know, this movie does have a kind of an absurd 
it, once you get into the house, it works. Like, you know, when he's in the hospital, it's like there's this whole stupid, like, really yeah. kind of silly, like, no, 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 like, you have to, you know, like, you have to let me take him so we can recreate the experiment because that's the only way we're going to find out if this works. And it's like... But there, why? Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing in the world that would ever, that would ever work. But once you get past that part, then it would, Then it's... It, yeah. Yeah. Um, it does draw, it did, something I did take a note of, um, that drives me crazy is, I don't think I've ever seen a horror film, and I know we've actually covered a few that have this, uh, I've never seen a horror film that has a adequate or competent hospital, let alone adequate, competent hospital staff working yeah. there. Yeah. Um, this movie is, is just as guilty, like, uh, Stuart Gordon's wife plays this head doctor, when she gets a hold of Barbara Crampton after Barbara Crampton goes into her whole 80s hair metal, um, dressing up in kinky leather and trying mm-hmm. to, like, dry hump Jeffrey Combs while he's passed out. Yeah. That's... After she gets, she gets a hold of her, she's like, I'm gonna do shock therapy. And it's like, I feel like you have to go through... And also, weirdly revenge She yeah. was like, now I yeah. have the power. And it's like, dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> right. I mean, like, um, a lot of malpractice suits rampant throughout horror films. If you I mean Halloween 2, which I knew you didn't care for. Yeah. Um, Annoying. Worst hospital. Yeah, worst ever. fucking hospital. Um, I do like... Um, there are two things... There are two female characters in here that I do like. Because um, a lot of the time, sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm, yeah, my course. whole thing is kick him in the dick. But uh, there was a part where, you know, a female EMT has, like, this, uh, like, Swiss Army knife thing. Uh-huh. And, you know, someone's coming behind her, and she she has a knife, and she's out. I'm like, hell yes. God damn, at least, like, they had her do this. She doesn't get away uh, with she, it. She doesn't get away, but right. she, at least she, she fought back. And even um, in, yeah, uh, with uh, biting off. <laughs> weird. When he's coming at her, and she, like, finally, I'm like, oh, you want, you want her to bite it. You're like, fuck it, bite it off. And then she does, yeah. and I feel great about it. But... Uh, at least they didn't make them entirely weak. No, and, and I mean, I, I do, it's weird, because, like, as much as I love this movie, I do have to admit that, like, there's a lot of fan service for guys where it's, like, Barbara oh, Crampton yeah. is, I mean, Barbara Crampton the, then and not, now is yeah. gorgeous. But the, even the first, when I remember, I was like, that's sexist when they both walk up to him and he's like, hello, doctor, and goes to the man and she's like, no, actually, um. <laughs> I actually like that because they're calling it out. They're calling Yeah, they are. They, they are. They're calling out. The, but I so mean, it is. <laughs> Ken Free, like, immediately assumes that Jeffrey Combs is the, is is the, the one in charge, the doctor yeah. in charge, and it's really Barbara Her. Crampton. Uh, but yeah, the whole idea of Barbara Crampton getting all, like, sexual, like, getting turned on by this machine and then, um. Putting, again, dressing up like she's in a fucking an eighties hair metal video. Yeah, I have that no, definitely placates. But I do, I like it. I have no, <laughs> I do too. I have no problem with it. In fact, I would say Barbara Crampton easily in my top ten of all time crushes. And I'm talking, like, yeah, you know. But um, by the way, she's doing. Um, she's been. She was on Joe Bob a few weeks ago because they did Castle Freak, mm-hmm. which is another Stuart Gordon um, horror film with Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton in it. He likes working with the same people because, according to him, you can. They already, they're familiar with you, they're comfortable with you, you can get them, you can be like, hey, we're going to do some weird shit in this movie. And they're down for it. Barbara Crampton, um, she did an interview with Joe Bob. Barbara Crampton is doing, she's doing, is having this awesome career resurgence. She's writing for Fangoria Magazine, doing great articles uh, about yeah. the new Fangoria, where she's writing articles about women in, in, in horror, in, in horror and, yeah. and women directing. Uh, she's producing movies at, now, they're doing a remake of Castle Freak, directed by a woman that she's yeah. producing. Uh, she was in um, she was in a movie called Beyond the Gates, which is like a horror movie version yeah. of Jumanji. Um, she was in a non-genre film called Little Sister, which I watched recently, where she plays a nun. 
and she's great in it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Barbara Crampton, you know, she's, oh, she was also in Chopping Mall, which is when I remember. Yeah, when oh, we were. Yeah. Um, Barbara Crampton has, you know, she got, I, I first saw her in Body Double, 84, with Brian De Palma. Oh, she was in Body Double? She's in it. She is, like, so Craig Wasson's character, the dude from Nightmare on Elm Street 3, he comes home, and this is, like, a, she is the inciting incident to where, like, not the inciting, I guess not the inciting incident, but she's the catalyst for his character to move out of his apartment and try to find, he's like, I need a place to stay, and that's why he gets, he ends up staying in the place he stays in where he sees the murder and all that stuff, but... Um, he walks home and yeah. comes home early and he finds that his girlfriend or whatever, um, his wife, girlfriend, is fucking another guy. It's Barbara Crampton. Yeah. You know? Um, she doesn't have any lines, but then she'll go on to do Reanimator. Barbara Crampton's great. Yeah, um, she is. It, I mean, the, and I think this is like, this is tragic and unfortunate, but it's like sometimes it's hard when you have somebody who's as attractive as Barbara Crampton in a particular way, having buying them as... You know, like, uh, Denise Richards in a James Bond movie playing a rocket scientist, nobody believes it. Mm-hmm. At all. Isn't that know? sort of fucked up? It is very fucked up. It is very Helen fucked Helen Mirren up. had a, remember that interview that she did maybe in, I want to say the late 60s, where the interviewer, I can't remember his name, asked her, like, um, ba- b- very blatantly, he's like, how do you have those boobs and be considered a serious actress? And she freaks out. She's like, what the fuck are you exactly. talking about? Exactly. Like, because I'm attractive, I can't be taken seriously. And right. that's sad. That is it sad. It is very sad. And what I like about this movie is that Barbara Crampton, I, I, I it, she's, she, I kind of, aside from the fact that she says penial really weird, and <laughs> yeah. schizophrenia really she weird. She does. It, she does. She sounds like she has a weird Canadian accent Aside or something. from those two weird, yeah. like, why are you saying it like that? I'm like, yeah, I buy it. I 100%. I yeah. see her as a, as a college co-ed who gets sort of, has, gets like weird sexually assaulted by a headless monster <laughs> and reanimator. Yeah. I've seen her as a dumb teenager in Chopping Mall getting yep. killed. I see her as a, psych, like a wonderkin psychologist in this movie and I believe mm-hmm. it. I buy it 100% and it's sad that I like, do like her ending scene. I'm just laughing fanatically. What, with a broken fucking leg? Yeah. Which is what really bothers <laughs> like me. Like, scream the, laughing. It's very disturbing. I do. I, li- I do like her a lot. The movie's yeah. very squishy, and I can very deal with squishy. all of it. It's the broken fucking leg at the end of the movie, where I'm like, ugh! <laughs> um, Brian Yuzna, or Yuzna, he, he produced this movie. Um, mm-hmm. He also went on to go to Society, which, if you haven't seen Society, yeah. people, it is... It takes the squishiness of this and goes way... <laughs> it goes to a whole new level of squishiness that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of KY Jelly using that finale. Uh-huh. Um, but um, Char- uh, Charles Bam produced the movie just for Empire Pictures. We've done Terror Vision. Yes. The Charles Bam movie, Taurus Trap. Uh, also Charles Bam produced. Uh, Richard Bam did the music for this. He also did the music yeah, for Yeah, which is actually so fun. And it is. Yeah. And this is something that's completely coincidental. I, I highly doubt that Christopher Young um, had had seen from beyond when he did the score for Hellraiser or Hellraiser 2, mm-hmm. but there's elements of hell, those that, that those two scores in this movie, and this movie came out first. Like, in the very beginning, um, there's a moment where I'm like, oh my god, that sounds just like Hellraiser. Yeah. It's not, and I just think it's coincidence, but it, there's a weird vibe to it that has a Hellraiser feel. But it gets whatever, but... Yeah. Um, I... I, I I prefer this one over Reanimator just because it it goes so over the top. Yeah, it does. Um, a lot of like, I mean, there's some points where like a character, like there's shit going on, and Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs should be totally fucking paying attention to the shit, and they just got googly eyes for each other because the pineal glands are stimulated, and Ken Faree's even like, 
what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah, like, yeah. He's like, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah um, and yeah, it's just, it's great. And um, it I, is great. I, I, it is super fun. It's yeah. just a fun, gross horror movie. It is. It's a, it, it's, it's got like some weird ideas in it. That's what I like about Stuart Gordon, you know, he's. I do like the weird. Yeah. I do, and I think Stuart Gordon, cool thing about Stuart Gordon is he the had experimental. Yeah. He had a weird experimental theater background. Yeah, and so one, you can see how he like, you can see when he watches movies how he likes to work with the same actors. He feels comfortable mm-hmm. with them. Um, I'm sure there's some decent amount of rehearsal that goes on. Like these characters, you know, especially when you watch Reanimator and you watch this. Jeffrey Combs is always too is just great. Great, he did a one man show as Edgar Allan Poe. Um, he did. Yeah, where he played Poe. That's cool. Yeah. I but I would totally buy Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, Stuart Gordon also did the Reanimator musical that came. Yeah. That oh, he did a musical. Yeah. Uh, that had like a, a splash zone in the very in the. Front. Oh wow, that's incredible. Um, but what I was gonna say is that like you watch Rean- you watch Reanimator, watch From Beyond, you watch Castle Freaking. You, I mentioned mm-hmm. these because this is the movie. Those are the movies with Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. Is that yeah? Like, they're playing different characters each time, and they're believable as each of those characters. So I feel like. Stuart Gordon knows how to work with these actors and be like, hey, and, and really get them to embody those characters. Yeah. So much so that you, you I'm like, because Barbara Crampton, is, she's kind of like this, like, you know, she, in Reanimator, she fucking hates Jeffrey Combs. In this one, I'm like, oh, she's kind of sweet on him. Yeah. Um, and then Castle Freak, they play a married couple that don't get along, and you're like, it's really come <laughs> full circle. Um, but I, I, I truly, I truly love this movie. I really did too. Yeah. I, I think I, I highly recommend it. And I, you know, as far as nineteen eighty six movies go, like, hey, I'd love to have done Night of the Creeps at some point. Never say never. But for now, I think nineteen eighty six is is closed off. Yeah. We've, maybe we'll maybe we'll do it next year. Yeah, we'll revisit maybe. But like, I think for now, I think this is a good way to end nineteen eighty six. Our our coverage of nineteen eighty six with From Beyond, which was, you know, never it wasn't as it's never as widely. Accepted as Reanimator is, but I think it, it holds up. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I do too, actually. Yeah. So I'm gonna take my um, Kathleen Turner voice <laughs> in Crybaby. Uh, not Crybaby, Serial Mom. Which yeah. I, I did watch that recently, actually. I, I love Serial Mom. Serial Mom's still one of my favorites. Um, I and I've not only have I watched, Willows. Yeah, not only have I watched that, but I've watched that scene specifically so many times because. It never stops. It fails to make me laugh hard. Uh, same. It's it's. What, Serial Mom is probably one of my favorites. It's great. Uh, we should. You know. In hindsight, it would have been a great Mother's Day movie to do. What did we do for Mother's Day? We did Deranged. Yeah, which is which a is great another good Mother's Day movie. <laughs> um, Maybe we'll do something ultra creepy for Father's Day. Yeah, I can think of a few of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, this is yeah. This is uh nineteen. Goodbye, goodbye, nineteen eighty six. Bye. Goodbye. Audience. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, audience. Goodbye, 1986. Bye. Bye. Every journey begins in the mind. A flight of imagination. A vision of what might lie across the universe. Or within the deepest regions of the subconscious. Dr. Edward Pretorius is about to embark on such a journey. It's out of control. You've got to turn it off. Something's coming. What the hell is that? I'm going to kiss you.
Reanimator from beyond.